Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Olme Grognard here. It is a Monday. Yes, it is. And it looks like it's going to be an okay Monday, I guess. Got the boys here. We're going to have a game tonight. So they're all ready for that. I hope you're doing well. And today, let's see, what do we got? Oh, I got a couple of voicemails from Rich at Cockatrice Nuggets Podcast. I'm just going to play them both because they're both related. So go ahead, Rich. Oh, the Pathfinder Game Mastery guy. Can we have more praise for this book, please? I, I love this book. Um, when I first started DMing again, uh, the first thing I got was uh, the three core 5e rule books. They were the only ones out. Um, so Player's Handbook. DMG Monster Manual, um, the first edition DMG because oh my God, so good, right? Uh, everything's there. Um, I still use a lot of it, and um, I got the PDF for that Pathfinder Game Mastery Journal, and man, it's come in so useful. Um, like you said, I printed off all those tables. I was showing off my um, my DM book the other day, and someone was flipping through it and said, "Wow, most of this is a Pathfinder book, isn't it?" And I said, yes, yes it is. A Pathfinder Game Mastery Guide. Go get it now. Hey, it's Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets again. Um, I just wanted to say on uh, making a, a an adventure in front of uh, players, um, it doesn't work so well with uh, my idea. It doesn't work so well with earlier editions because it's so fast to make a character. Um, but once you get a um, just, just a little more crunch, maybe second edition or... Um, uh, third edition or pathfinder forget it uh unless they're using a program then you've got plenty of time to make one but uh, 5e gives me enough time if they make characters and i do that trick you said listen in right um pull stuff from them i have enough time to make a dungeon uh you you halfway mentioned uh tome of adventure design that's like my go-to thing when i um when i write stuff for my group now um one more thing i had to say was i can't remember my minutes almost up so uh Talk to you soon. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, I'm glad you like the Game Mastery Guide. You did the same thing I did. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just need the PDF. Who knows? <laughs> and Toe Adventure Design. Yeah, it is one of my bedrocks for adventure creation. Although lately I've been using it in a supplementary, a supplementary capacity because there's also New Big Dragon Games. Richard LeBlanc puts out the D30 Sandbox Companion and the D30 GM's Companion, which comes in handy. There's a two-page chart in there about adventure creation. I end up rolling on that and then using the tone of adventure design to fill in the cracks, especially in the monster department. Sometimes, You know what I found out about the tome of adventure design is it's really easy for me to make monsters, original monsters, from there. And... It's a lot. The other thing I have to do is stat them. Oh, God, I hate statting things. I really do. But there you go. Well, anyway, thank you, Rich. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay, I want to elaborate on what I talked about last time, which is making an adventure quickly. And because I think I've come up with a way that I would do it. This is how I would do it. And first of all, let's get the preliminaries out of the way. Okay, usually when I'm creating an adventure and I have time and I have all my books with me and stuff like that, I do the adventure creation that I've outlined before from Dream Park, where you have a hook, you have a cliffhanger, 
is what you do. That's the encounters. That's the fights. That's the those kind of things. Traps, tricks, whatever. And developments are the role-playing stuff, clues, things that happen that lead into one each other. So it goes that way. You start out with a hook, cliffhanger development, cliffhanger development. Do that as many times as you feel like it. And then you do a climax and a denouement. The climax is the big battle, of course. The denouement is, okay, you come back covered in glory. They give you all this money. You level up maybe with experience. And it's kind of nice ending to it. So that's what I usually do when I'm working on a game, on a game that I want to present. If I only have an hour, I get rid of all that. I am going from the fact that I have to make a game in an hour with just the rule book or rule books of the game at my disposal and a pad of paper and a pencil or a pen and, you know, things like that. Now, in that case... I throw that out and I do the old journalistic five W's, W's, who, what, when, where, and why. Okay. I start with the what, because what's happening? What's the basis of the story? And I'm, I've grabbed my rules cyclopedia here and that's what I'm going to use. And I decided I want to do a kidnapping. Okay. We'll do a kidnapping. What are the first thing I figure out is the parts I need to build this adventure. I I need, and I took some of this from Sly for Lurch, Lazy Dungeon Master, I choose three locations, three major NPCs, the monsters I'm going to use, the encounter tables that I'm going to use, and what kind of treasure I want to give them. And the treasure, well, I'll get to that later. Then I sit down and I make a clock, not just any clock. Now, I've been in radio, and they have what they call a radio or broadcasting clock. And what it is, it's a blank circle divvied up in minutes, five-minute increments. And what it does is that circle represents one hour of air. And that is, and if you have four of those, you have a four-hour show. And what it does, it tells you, it tells the program director, and it tells the disc jockey where things fall. You also have a log of stuff, but where things should fall in that hour. Like down here, here's a wedge. You do wedges. You do a wedge of, okay, uh, at the bottom of the hour, noose. At the quarter of the hour, entertainment. And you have this chunk, and you have chunks of like, okay, this is this ad commercial chunk, and everything else in between is like music and the show. And that's how the radio people do it. Well, I'm going to adapt that to doing this. So what I did was I made a clock. I drew a circle on a piece of paper. I wrote kidnapping above it, and I divided it into four quarters. And each quarter is going to represent one hour of game time because I'm going to deal with a four-hour game. You can do this. If you can divide it into five or six, you can do a five or six-hour game. But I decided to make it easy and do a four-hour game. Okay, I came up with three locations. The town the ruins near the town, and a brewery. I'm already thinking about what kind of thing this, what kind of kidnapping this thing is going to be. And it's also, also, always, also, I started thinking about connections. Like the town is known for its beer. The brewery is near, like right outside of town. The ruins are over here. 
brewing is big business in this town, okay? So, what I do is I take each quarter of the clock, and I've decided that every hour should have at least two encounters. So, I put one, two, and I put the encounters down in that quarter of the clock. For, for instance, one, heroes harassed heading into town. Okay, fine. And two, tavern confrontation with thugs broken up by constables. And remember, this may not happen this way because you have to allow, like I said, it's a framework, but you need to have some kind of roadmap and you have to do it quick. So that's the way that goes. Also, I put an asterisk between the one and the two and the numbers, and that will be the role-playing kind of thing. Like if they find a clue or something, you know, you want to put a clue there or something, or maybe there's trap. Now that'd be an encounter. That would be an encounter, but everything I did it for one, two, three, four. So I got a four hour game there roughly. Now I go back and here's where your part comes in. Here's something the book may not help you with things like town names and people names. Minor thing I know, but you know how we stress over that kind of stuff. Anyway, you can draw a rough map. In fact, the map, where it should be, should probably be a dice drop. And what I mean is take take a piece of line paper, graph paper, blank paper, whatever. Take a few D4s, and I take three D4s, drop them on there. Find out where they are. Make circles around them. Okay, there's where the town is. There's where the brewery is. There's where the ruins are. Now, I may fudge a little if the brewery is right outside of town, so I'll just put that over near the brewery. No problem with that. Okay, fine. You got your location. All right. The way this story is going is the PCs, the PCs are being hired by the brewmaster as bodyguards because some people are trying to mess with them. Okay, fine. We'll do it that way. Okay, and on their way to the brewery, okay, they get the uh, PCs sent an invite to the brewery. That was the that was the role playing thing in the first hour. The second hour, on their way to the brewery, the truck trick. I have. I just put some trick to slow them down. Um, maybe some, waylaid by some uh, thugs in an alley, or if they're driving a, a wagon, somebody cut through the reins, and, and it goes dashing down, or something like that. You know, so something fantastic. I'd love a, like a dash through the town. That'd be great. I love doing chases. You know, I just love it. Okay, fine. We've got that. The brewmaster offers them a job as bodyguards. Now I'm assuming they're going to take this because they're players and they want to be, you know, that they wanted the game. I'm basically, I'm saying, look, you wanted me to do the game. I'm going to do the game. Okay, fine. I'm assuming they're going to take it. If they don't, we'll deal with that later. That night, his mansion where they are keeping watch on him is attacked and kidnaps. And the next role playing thing is the PCs find the clue. Now that's as far as I got. Now, I know where the story is going now because what's going to happen is they're going to end up with some kind of critters like goblins or bugbears or gnolls or something have this in, have have it in for them and they kidnap them they take them to the to the ruins where their lair is so you've got a dungeon and such to deal with there um okay one of the NP, three NPCs I come up with is going to be a wizard it's going to be a, a some kind of some kind of wizard who wants the secret of the because the guy won't give him the recipes of brew. He wants to make some money, so he wants he's trying to steal it. So he's going to kidnap him and get the secret out of him. Fine, 
Okay, fine. The lair is over here where the bugbears or whatever are holding him, and the wizard is there. In fact, the wizard probably helped in the kidnapping through some, like, you know, sleep on us, on the PCs, and or whatever. So, you've got that. Now, if you want to make it interesting, have the wizard work for somebody else. One of the three NPCs you've already established. So, you've got the wizard as one NPC, you've got the brewmaster as another NPC. The third one is the sheriff. You know what? I would make the sheriff the bad guy. He's the guy who's paying off them because he's the one who wants, because he feels the brewmaster has too much say in this town and he wants to, because the council listens to him and not to, to him and not the sheriff and the sheriff is PO'd and so it's just a ruse. That's how I would play it. And there you have a story. Now, okay, got your story, fine. And counter tables. Well, Rule Cyclopedia is filled with nice encounter tables in here and all the monsters are in here. So you pick up whatever, I pick a, pick out whatever encounter table for whatever terrain. I, I'm assuming like, I don't know, rolling hills with some some uh, forest, a bit of a forest, and maybe some rocky areas where the ruins are. Okay, fine. You can do that. And that leads me to the monsters. Okay. what? what uh, actually, that should lead me to the dungeon. What it leads me to the dungeon is I do the same thing I did for the town. I dice drop. Okay, lair. How big is it? How many rooms do you want? How many rooms do you think they should have? Well, there's certainly, there's some rooms that are a given, like an entrance, where they're going to sleep, where they're going to eat, all this other stuff. Uh, I also like John Four's five-room dungeon. So I use the five-room dungeon, which is entrance slash guardian, puzzle First room, second room, puzzle slash role-playing challenge. Third room, a red herring. Fourth room, a climax slash battle. And room five, a plot twist or the end of the scenario. Either one. And you can you can do more than one of these. If you want a ten-room dungeon, do two together. But what I do is I take the D4s again, drop them on. I have a box for this, actually. I made an old cigar box into a dice drop box. So I drop it on the graph paper, the line paper, whatever, and see where they land. Circle them put the things together, and then there you go. You've got a dungeon, and you can ad-lib it on the battle mat or whatever. If you do, And what I would do also is make, it, make the circles big enough that you can write in them or write next to them what's in the room, what kind of monsters are there, whatever. Okay, getting back to monsters. Monsters. What I do is I figure out what kind of monsters I'm going to be using. I'll be looking at the encounter tables and the featured monsters. Let's say it's bugbears. Okay, fine. Bugbears with a wizard helping them. All right, I will I will get the stats for bugbears. And what I do during the game is I take my pad of graph paper and I just mark off, I mark off boxes on here. I put like bugbears and how many. I put their AC. I'll put their hit points. No, I won't put their hit points. I'll put their AC, their their hit dice, their number of attacks, damage. And that's all I need. And then I underline that, and then I go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, however many I'm going to need. And then I just start marking off boxes as I roll for the hit, roll the hit dice for the hit points. Or I can take the average and do it that way. And I do that for every monster, and it's and when I play, it's just like, okay, check out the boxes. No problem. Use a pencil, whatever. That's what I do for the monsters. And don't forget to look at the encounter tables because that'll give you other monsters that you're going to have to keep track of too if, if you want to. So, and I can do that in an hour. 
I'm not going to say I'm not going to, it's going to be an uninterrupted hour because as I told him in, in my last podcast, I said, have them make characters or whatever or talk and stuff and do this. Just keep concentrating on this, but keep an ear out for listening to them. They may give you some good ideas to do that. So you do that and you're ready to go, my friend. You are. That's, that's my technique. I think that'll work great. I've been wanting to incorporate the radio, the broadcasting clock into roll into game prep for a long time. And this pretty much hits it on the head right there. Cause it still gives you the, remember I was talking about the, the hook, uh, cliffhanger development, blah, blah. It still hits it. It just puts it in a circular form. It gives you, it breaks it down by hour. And I think that two encounters per hour is a good way to go. Three, if you want to, you know, or one, if you want to make one big one, like a, you know, a, a huge, a huge uh, battle or something like that. But that's the way I would go. And remember, this ain't going to fly the way you think it's going to fly because the PCs want to do what the PCs want to do. And by looking at this, it makes it very easy. It, I look at it and it's like, okay, I could change this and I can change depending on what they're doing which is golden to me. I love this. Anyway, that's my plan to do an adventure in an hour with just the rule book or rule books. I mean, if you're doing a certain game like 1E, oh man, you're home free, as I said before, because the DMG has gotten so much tables in there that you could flesh this out, especially if you're doing the, the rooms. And I also advocate talking about the rooms, sketching them out, and then telling what's in it while you're sketching it out, because that way you can get your brain going, you know? And if you want to, when you when you mark it on the, the chart, mark it on the dungeon chart, bullet point it. Okay, bed, table, magic book in bed, in, in drawer, da-da-da-da-da, monster here. Oh, and I forgot one more thing, treasure. Look at the back of the book, and... I'd sort of guesstimate treasure. I, I guesstimate, I, what I'd like to do if I have time, guesstimate how much total treasure, aside from, okay, we're going to pay you so much to do this. Aside from that, um, I would just go through the treasure and guesstimate how much. And look at the treasure tables. The treasure tables for the remember the each certain monsters in the lair they have treasure I through X or X or something like that. Look at those; those will give you a good idea, and it'll even give you an idea if you oh look a couple of magic items. Okay, what can I pick? Okay, well you will just I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't make it too fancy, to tell you the truth because it, it's it, with that kind of time constraint it's hard if you throw in some like a couple of plus two swords and a plus plus one male and a few other things like that i think the i think the players would be really really happy it doesn't unbalance the game anyway that is how i would do it if i only had a short time to come up with an adventure so in fact i may finish this one and use it on the grandkids so <laughs> anyway i hope you folks have a good day and let me hear from you on this your thoughts and opinions because this has really gotten my brain going, and boy. So drop me a voicemail over at Anchor, or drop me an email at oldmangrognard@gmail.com. And don't forget, we're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month will help me. Well, I would appreciate it. It would help me out greatly. But don't stop listening to the show if you can't. I'm just putting it out there. Anyway, 
All right, until I see you guys next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.